Welcome to the North Street Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is an attempt to connect the people of North Street Community Church in Canton, Pennsylvania with each other and beyond as we interview people and talk about various subjects. I hope this can be a time of encouragement and discipleship as you listen. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the North Street Podcast. Uh, This week, uh, well, first of all, it's me, Ben Hess. Yep, and Keegan Wright. And And, yeah, so we're just, uh, it's just us two this time. We don't have someone we're interviewing, but we'll just interview each other maybe a little bit or something i don't know um (laughs) we'll do something and this time i have a story so oh right yeah so uh (laughs) my daughter and uh nadia and titus and i were sitting down reading a book she wanted to read a book so we have this little storybook that's just psalm 23 and it's got pictures throughout the whole whole book and so i sat down and read through it and then Nadia starts going back through it, and she's reading along pretty good. Like, she can't read. She's not three, but she's remembering, for the most part, going through. Right. Then she gets to the picture. There's a picture of a little boy holding a cup, or it says, my cup runneth over. Runneth over, yeah. And she says, and uh, and he fills my cup up with lemonade. Ah, <laughs> like, so, that, so a little twist. A, a little twist on it. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh uh, yeah, so that that cracked me up. <laughs> That's good. So I was like, well, he probably will do that in heaven. He knows she's like, she likes uh, lemonade, so <laughs> the filler cup Lemonade, up, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like lemonade. I think it's pretty good. I do too, especially pink lemonade. Yeah, especially on a hot day. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you're working hard outside mm-hmm. and it's like nothing like a good sugary lemonade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to refresh you. For sure. Refresh you. We we make a lot of tea. Um, mm. We've got like the meadow tea or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we try to make that in the summer here quite yeah. a bit, and uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. So refreshing. And, For sure. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay. So today we were thinking. You know, this last Sunday was Father's Day, um, and. We're just thinking, you know, why don't we just talk about fathers a little bit? We're both fathers mm-hmm. um, to children. Um, we both have fathers mm-hmm. um, who have been in our lives. And, and so just kind of kind of wanted to do this off the cuff a little bit. Um, just a discussion, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, yeah, first question for Keegan I'm going to ask, I guess. What's one of your favorite aspects of being a father, do you think? Oh, that's a uh, <laughs> tough one, I guess. I don't know. There's time. There's a lot of just little moments, I think, that add up that you're like, oh, that's, yeah, that just makes it, kind of makes fatherhood. So it's hard to think of, like, favorite aspect, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, it's like, a loaded question, for it, sure. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, I think I like one thing that someone told me, that I, th- I think is really cool so you get to see you kind of get to see your kids experience some things that are just normal to you now for the first time that's pretty mm. cool so like uh their first ice cream or the first um yeah first time they go swimming or things like that it's just kind of you still enjoy it but it's you lose the wonder of it and you get to see that wonder again in your kids and and uh, yeah. for the first time I, I enjoy that a lot and i also just enjoy seeing them uh um learn things you know growing yeah. just like 
see how they adjust even when you don't like intentionally teach them something that they're picking up from from what you right. do and stuff and sometimes that can be scary but it can be it can be <laughs> they pick up but i've heard it said that more is caught than taught with yep. children absolutely uh and and yet yeah we still i think it's good to intentionally teach children too absolutely I, I actually that that's what came to my mind as i was asking that question to yeah. you uh it kind of came to my mind. I just love when my children discover something mm. and to see the lights come on for them. And so I think a lot of it has to do with teaching yeah. the children about life, about maybe exposing them to different cultures or to um, you know the natural world and just mm. discovering yeah. uh, in the simple things, uh, whether it's catching frogs and catching flies for them to eat you know like for yeah. the frogs to eat not the kids <laughs> <Right>. but uh <laughs> thanks for <clarifying. laughs> but uh, you know there's little things or watching the garden grow or they plant you know some seeds and they have that wonder and excitement they're almost overly excited about certain things mm-hmm. uh, and and just seeing that uh, is really fun yeah. and just really fulfilling for me um mm-hmm. i have to say um yeah and that's it's definitely big a big part for me i would say is is just the the learning process the teaching process as they continue to um be a little more independent i mean yeah. my children are small yours are very small yeah uh as well and so get to see those little steps um, we're still at the beginning. We're by no means that far along in parenting. <laughs> so, uh, so, so the, yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the, like, um, probably the biggest challenge for you? For Yeah. I was just going to ask that question to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, big challenges with, with my children. Um, it goes without saying, I think disciplining is a, is a hard thing. Um, knowing how to discipline mm-hmm. and when to discipline right. and um those kinds of things because there's just such a variation you know uh, and administering uh discipline in the right way mm-hmm. uh, can be a challenge sometimes yeah. you know it's one thing if if you're you know, if your child does something, say, outright wrong or offensive even to my wife, right. that's really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, to me, yeah. <laughs> if they're doing something like that to me where it's right. very, uh, it can be hard not to be angry, yeah. you know. Um, and so you kind of have to take a step back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and make sure you're not disciplining out of anger. Right. Not that I'm perfect at that. Okay, right. I don't. I want. I don't want to give anybody <laughs> this misperception that you know every time I do it perfectly or whatever. Right. Absolutely not. But at the same time, just recognizing that can can really help uh, for me. Also, one of the most challenging things is if you do make a mistake or you do mess up. Um, it's challenging at first, but it's such a bonding experience mm-hmm. is to admit that you did wrong. Right. So right. to your own children, yeah. even at a young age, yeah. um, 
I think it can help create and foster good relationships mm-hmm. early on, trusting relationships right. and genuineness and honesty uh, early on in a relationship. And For I sure. think that's pretty important. Uh, and so if I do something wrong or if I react in a way mm-hmm. that is, um, yeah, reactionary or, mm-hmm. you know, in anger or I say the something that's really degrading or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, just to come back and say, I'm sorry, yeah. or even will you forgive me, right. that can be really tough because sometimes they don't want to do it and you right. just have to accept it. Right. Um, because they're learning too. Yeah. You know, they're kind of trying to learn how to operate. And, and um, but yeah, I think that's really important for a good foundation in your relationship with your children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of been resolved to do that early on because yeah. I know it doesn't get any easier. Right. Or from my understanding, <laughs> I don't think it gets any easier as you yeah. get older sure. with your children. So what about you? What, what are some things that, challenges that you face with children yeah uh trying to think if there's something different but definitely discipline's a challenge and um especially my oldest <laughs> she's, she's very headstrong and um and so we try to do that too of like apologizing when you act out of out of uh, reaction or whatever and that's it's very good for the most part but she does exploit it a little bit she'll uh now anytime you discipline her um, just say say sorry to me even uh, if it wasn't in the wrong way and we don't if it wasn't in the wrong yeah. way but yeah so you gotta stick to your guns on right, that and right. be like no this is right this was this, this yeah. is why yeah. <laughs> so she's that way she's very uh an exploiter maybe i don't know if that's <laughs> the, the right word but uh, she's too smart for me is what it's down to but um yeah just that and something that's really helped me and it that's still a challenge is to just consistency is super important yes and so like if you say no to follow through with it and follow through with what you say you'll do um and so that's kind of i've really reassessed like okay what do i say no to and starting to say no to a lot less things like if it's yeah if it's not if it's something that just annoys me then i'm gonna try not to tell her no right because otherwise then i have to discipline and maybe i don't want to really discipline for something that's just kind of annoying to me um so just Picking those battles, you could say, or yes. choosing yeah. the priorities of what's, because um, if I, I've determined if I say no, then I'm going to follow through and make sure she obeys that. Right. And so then saying no a lot less to things that are just annoying rather than more of a sin issue or of a, or right. of a just disobedience. Like outright, outright yeah. rebellion right. or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, something like that. So, um, and another, yeah, just challenging discipline for me has been how to, uh, really encourage her to tell the truth i guess and being gracious in times when she tells the truth when she did something wrong it's like i want to reward her for telling the truth even though it was hard but then that you know if it was something wrong you can't completely let her off the hook so it's like how do you reward like i'm very uh proud of you for telling the truth Mm -hmm. and there's still a, a consequence for the the action without teaching her to tell a lie because she gets out of um, right. those things so that's that's something too I've been trying to be very intentional about rewarding telling the truth mm-hmm. um, even when it's something uh, that was wrong on her part but, yeah yeah so I've always heard like you know all of these things we talk about really are lifelong lessons mm-hmm. that we're trying to teach our children right. uh, because I've heard it said that 
we're just, uh, you know, adults, as adults, we're just children that stink more or something, right. or, or maybe we don't stink <laughs> or more, or we snore, you know, or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Not that children don't snore, right. I think maybe yeah. sometimes they do, but um, uh, yeah, and so, you know, these are things that any relationship oftentimes will, will have continuing, you know, you, you kind of have to, it's ongoing, it's not just a, as, a, as a child um, that we have to deal with these things. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you can't go around disciplining your friends necessarily right. <laughs> <laughs> in the same way. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's definitely one aspect. So I discipline. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know why as fathers we're supposed to discipline, but we, we are, I guess. Um, it's assumed in our culture, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't want to discipline harshly as right. the Bible says. It instructs us um spanking is always an issue that comes up mm-hmm. you know uh people are against spanking some people aren't and are really for spanking and think everybody needs to be spanked mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> um i think we, all of our world problems are from kids not being spanked yeah, right you see, you see that meme online <laughs> yeah. with uh yeah if yeah. if if, if Kids would have been disciplined as a young one, then they wouldn't be in trouble, you know, when they get older. Uh, I think there's more to the story than that. That's not going to just solve all the problems because I know plenty of kids who've gotten spanked very hard who have been, yeah, have been in trouble a lot even later in life. Um, So those things don't exactly always add up, I don't think. Um, but you know, in our household, we we do spank. I'm just going to say that outright. Um, uh, but not all the time. <laughs> we right. do different kinds of discipline. So, right. one of the disciplines I found that works quite well with certain ones of our children mm-hmm. doesn't always do the same with the others. Right. So, um, for example, um, two of our children, if we put them on timeout. Yeah. It is like the absolute worst yeah. thing that you could do to them. Mm-hmm. Like and they just it's it's like something they can't handle hardly. Right. And so it's a very effective way yeah. to discipline right. Right. <laughs> with certain things. Yeah. Um and then there are certain times that, you know, uh I think swift action mm-hmm. um particularly when th- someone is being when there's like a life-threatening kind right. of thing or right. an outright wrong thing. So like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. We had a situation where, or I did, just maybe the other day, where one of the children, one of the, they, one, I think our youngest, was starting to go down the driveway mm-hmm. by himself. And you have to understand, we live in the middle of a cornfield. Right. If, if we don't allow our children to go in the corn when it's, comes up because we don't want them to get lost in the cornfield um and we don't let them go beyond a certain um, distance beyond uh, our driveway they're allowed to go in our driveway just not down too far without permission right uh and um you know i had to go up and physically remove him because he's still little i don't think i spanked him but um I had to physically remove him and put him, at, but he knew, Right. he knew and he was, he started crying right away and yeah. like, you know, 
And so those are situations where, you know, to me, that's like I'm teaching you a lesson because um, because this could be life-threatening. Right. Right. And, you know, you need to be careful. You know, so things like crossing the road, yeah. making sure they look both ways, those types of things. Yeah. Like if they just go do whatever, you know, you, you got to take action. Right. And uh, so learning how to discipline in those situations. Yep. Yeah is pretty important i think um so we i don't had, know we had a similar thing with the uh my oldest and crossing the street and we were like still always don't do it without us but mm. trying to teach her you know look both ways and go and about a year ago we were working on that and uh she would always she would look both ways and then and, and go and we were in this parking lot and i was holding her hands and I said, okay, what do we do? And she said, she looked, looked she said, okay, let's go. And there was a car uh, right there. <laughs> she, uh, she did the motion of looking, turning her head both ways, but there was a car right, right. there and she wasn't really seeing it. So, <laughs> um, so working through that. And, and yeah, yeah, the life-threatening things really need to show them the seriousness of it. And that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, ha- they have to understand there are consequences. There are right. real-world consequences right. to either doing the wrong thing, uh, whether that's, like a life-threatening sort of thing, or a sin issue, mm-hmm. like when there's a rift in a, in a relationship, when you mm-hmm. violate um, somebody, that there is a consequence to right. that. And I, I really liked what you said about different things for different children. Like they're all different. You can't yeah. just, here's how you discipline, it's different for each kid and, yeah. and uh, for different situations too, of just how you how you discipline yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So along the same lines of discipline, um, we had gotten advice from somebody who is older, wiser, has many more children than we do, um, about taking advice. So I, I just want whoever's listening to this, don't take our advice completely because right. uh, <laughs> we're not done raising our children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the things that we had heard from somebody was, you know, when you're reading books about discipline and about you know raising children and things just be careful because there's a lot of opinions out there and one of the things was they were kind of saying you know it might be good to to wait to read from an author till their children are actually like full grown out of the house and all of that not while they're still so young and i thought that was actually kind of good advice because Mm -hmm. um you know it it gives you more of the fuller picture, more of the take a step back, look at it from a you know yeah. a bigger picture, versus uh, you know if somebody's writing a book and they don't even have children or right. they don't uh, or they're not you know through the teenage stage right. those right. kinds of things. Um, so that's just a little word uh, that we had gotten from somebody that I think is probably um, advisable. Yeah. And I really, I really think it's good to connect with older adults who have already raised children, mm-hmm. or, you know, and who know the the hard things. Yeah. They they've been through the ups and downs of the relationships with their children. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to connect with grandparents, to connect with uh, people in the church who have already experienced those things, mm-hmm. and find a mentor and it doesn't have to be like an official thing just hanging out with them and asking them about their children and their time you know that would be 
uh, it can be really helpful mm -hmm. in those sorts, sorts of things. So, so I was thinking to, um, you know, for us, um, we're fathers. Um, I also thought maybe I'd take this time to talk just a little bit about my father and how things, um, maybe a little bit how I was raised. So my father died, oh boy, it's already been 13 years ago, so um, so he's not around <laughs> uh, to maybe listen to this, but um, my, my relationship with my father was really interesting um, because I'm the youngest of five and I have children ahead of me that had experience, were almost out of the house by the time like I could remember. So, sure. So um, that, it's interesting when I look back, um, my father, my parents really, but my father I think was a lot different of a father to me than to some of my other siblings, mm -hmm. uh, partly because of the experiences that the older ones had experienced. So, right. um, and the hard things, you know? And so in some ways, uh, I was more special <laughs> yeah. or more spoiled, maybe. Right. Uh, I don't like to say spoiled because I don't know that I was, but I know a lot of people think I was probably. Especially your older siblings probably think you were. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They, you know, my older siblings, they always treated me with, I don't know, they, I've always felt loved by them, good. so um, they've always treated me so too good, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just one of those things. Um, it's interesting when when I look back. Uh, my relationship with my father was pretty good. Um, it's um, he told me probably when I was in my late teens. He told me that he did have kind of a hard time understanding why teenagers act the way they do <laughs> yeah. and that it was hard for him to relate I yeah. think and I think what he was saying is it was hard for him to even relate to his own children mm -hmm. when they were making bad decisions mm -hmm. or making decisions that he thought were not you know reasonable or right. something right. Um, and so because when I was in my late teens I I spent a fair amount of time with my father I would say somewhat intentionally but somewhat because I had to um, mm -hmm. working in the garden right. um, I remember evenings where we would be working in the garden on a summer day uh, and you know we're mulching the potatoes or we're you know I don't know doing all kinds of stuff in the garden mm -hmm. and just it was just me and him and we were we would talk we would talk about you know uh, everything from biblical stuff you know mm -hmm church stuff, national stuff, um, some family stuff, you know, just those different aspects of life. And I really value the fact that I had that time with him uh, as a young adult. Um, I don't think I saw eye to eye on with him on everything, but at the same time, it didn't really matter. I knew that he cared for me. I knew that there was some of those aspects. And so, for me, I, I think of like, I just had a, I had a really good example as a father. Um, wasn't perfect by any means. Uh, he, he struggled with a lot of things, but I'm just really thankful. And so I feel like that has influenced how I now father 
mm-hmm. quite a bit um, in how I present myself to my children and those types of things. And so I don't know. I just wanted to say that for people who maybe, um, you know, because my father has passed away 13 years ago now. Um, if you have a father still living, I'd encourage you to foster that relationship, um, even if it might be hard, because um, uh, it it's it there's you know you, you you have a father, and and I think that's a good thing. Now I know there are situations where you know whether it's abuse um, or you know just rifts in those relationships that it can be really hard, and I don't want to you know I don't want to cause more trauma on people who where it's just outright bad but if it's not take that time with your father and um and learn from him i definitely definitely encourage that so one thing one thing i I will say as well is when my father died um you know having kind of a surrogate father uh was i was pretty important uh, and I never realized, or I, I realized then that you know that's what the, where the church stepped in, um, and there were many men in my life who, they didn't they weren't like super like active in my life or anything. I'm not gonna like overdo it that way. Like it wasn't like somebody was pretty much adopted me as their son. Right. It wasn't anything like that. But it was just there were men who were consistent in my life, uh, and mainly through church, I would say. Um, that I would say kind of would be counted as a father figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it doesn't really replace my my father, right. but um, but in some ways helps in that um, definitely a fair amount. And one of those, of course, would be my father-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, who is like yeah, he's been awesome yeah. in that way. Um, and so yeah, just learning realizing that you know that's an important role that the church can play mm-hmm. uh, in, for people who don't have fathers or who uh, you know have fathers missing out of their lives I guess you could say right. um, to be kind of a surrogate father and I think that's something that men can really you know take a hold of in, mm-hmm. in the church and and uh, be a part of I think sometimes too like uh, just birth order and relating to your just your family overall and your father can be uh, a lot different. So, like, it's funny. I'm kind of on the opposite spectrum, so I was the right. oldest child. And, um, <laughs> you were the experiment. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the guinea pig in some ways, and then, like, I look like my dad and, uh, like, a lot of the same things as my dad. Like, mm-hmm. and I was homeschooled, so, like, my um, – and not that this one would have happened anyway, but it's like – you know, you don't see your friends all the time at school. So, like, my dad was my, my best friend. Mm, and, yeah. uh, I mean, I hope it would have been that way even if I went to school. But, <laughs> but it kind of helped, like, you know, that was, yeah, like, yeah, dad yeah. and I were, like, best friends. And, For sure. And did a lot together. And um, yeah, and not that I didn't do things with my other siblings, too, but I'm sure it's different for them. And, mm-hmm. and kind of that, uh, the reason why I said your older siblings might think you were spoiled is my sister and I always pick on my younger brothers. And yeah. like, oh, they, <laughs> they have it so easy compared to, you know, when I was their age or whatever and things like that. Yeah. But we were just making fun and, and we're, we are glad for them to yeah. just, yeah, have different experiences. But, but yeah, just that sometimes birth order plays a role in that. And um, just like, yeah, for me growing up, like 
a lot of things I really appreciate my dad teaching and instilling in me. I especially appreciate now because I'm trying to do it with my children and it's very hard. <laughs> is, yeah. Is the, like, disciplines. So not discipline, but disciplines of, like, um, diligence and studying and studying scripture and, like, practices just to be, uh, this is kind of, sometimes could be taken in an earthly way, but to be the best you can be, kind of. Yeah. To, to really t- um, put your mind to something, make sacrifices for what the priority is. Um, he really challenged us to prioritize things like what's, um, who do you want to be and mm. is what you're doing going to get you there kind of thing. Right. And, um, yeah, so that was something really has just been a life skill um, that, that I'm finding. Didn't realize how difficult that is to teach <laughs> and uh, just really mm. appreciating uh, that, that, that I'm perfectly self-disciplined or anything, but a lot more so than I would have been if I hadn't had that taught at a young age. And, um so yeah, that's uh, something just really appreciate and just um, just encourage you, fathers. I know it's really hard to do that, yeah. but it, it pays <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one thing I wanted to say too was kind of this whole thing of like learning to look back on your life as soon as you can um, and value the things that your father has taught you, uh, at least the good things. Mm-hmm. I, you know, again, there's situations where it's not so good but um but you know for those who've had fathers and who've um to to appreciate uh the the values maybe that were instilled um is a is a good thing i i think my dad i know he was a hard worker and that was something he desired for his children to be hard workers i don't know that i've lived up to that I, you know, um, sometimes I wonder if I lived up to that. Um, but, you know, that is something I've t- tried to take to heart, um, you know, to pour, to pour yourself into something. Uh, my, my, my father also, I would say, one of the big things he instilled into me was kind of some of the priorities. And I didn't notice these things till later. Right. Like, of course, for me, it was like after he died, it's like, then you really start analyzing, right. you know, right. and so I encourage people to do that before <laughs> yeah. uh, that happens. But to um, to understand kind of some of the the uh, the values that you've that are part of you now, um, and to understand that that doesn't come by accident a lot of times, right. um, and so trying to um, to learn those things uh, and value those things and value fathers and honor mm-hmm. you know it says honor your father and mother um in the, in the scriptures and and so yeah learning how to honor your father and mother uh fathers in particular the, right now i guess we're talking about yeah um but yeah learning how to do that um in a healthy way in a good way um and just valuing that mm-hmm. can be so important and so uh, yeah i definitely you know, my dad, I, I think about how he was, uh, he took a lot of flack. Like, he he was, he was beat up, I guess you could say, at times. Um, and, and learning that, you know, you can persevere uh, through tough times and um, really, really tough times. And even dealing, you know, I, I don't know how much I've shared before on here, but like, 
certain things of depression and things like that because of your circumstances because sometimes you know your dreams are shattered and it's like how do you function under those kinds of that pressure uh, of raising children and a family in a healthy in a healthy way when it's really hard you know Um, so some of those aspects you know looking back and and just valuing those uh, can be really really healthy I think Mm -hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about too just briefly was at least um, is kind of uh, our understanding of God as father Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think we realize how radical of a notion that was particularly for Jesus to say when when he was instructing his disciples to pray he says you know pray our uh he says, our father. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been, I, I think, a radical mm-hmm. understanding of who God is. Right. Pretty borderline blasphemous almost, actually, at that time. Yeah. yeah. And, like, Paul yeah. talks about, you know, crying out, uh, Abba, Father, mm-hmm. this daddy. Yeah. This, as a child, as, like, a yeah. little child, crying out to your daddy. Mm-hmm. Um the, the, there's a powerful uh, thing there, and so I so I wanted to talk about that just for a couple reasons. One, because we're pastors, and we got to talk about the Bible and who God is. <laughs> I'd be remiss to not talk about that. I mean, I, it's I think it's really important. Uh, and one of the main things with that is like if you've never had a dad, you know, he's a father to the fatherless, mm-hmm. and and a church can help in that. Yeah. Uh, as there are men in the church reaching out, but also to understand that God is your ultimate father, mm-hmm. um, your ultimate provider, mm-hmm. your ultimate manly man, if you want to say it that way. Right. Uh, and he has revealed himself as that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a radical, radical notion. Yeah. Um, and I often like to think of that in the sense of like that's not the natural thing mm-hmm. to think of God as your father. Right. I don't think it's a natural thing. I think it kind of goes against what um, our nature, maybe our sinful nature, would like to think. Mm-hmm. That God would be not a loving father, but that God would be, you know, some entity far away mm-hmm. from us and right. completely distant and completely. Um, you know, maybe as a punisher and as a someone who's just waiting to to pour out his wrath on more like a judge and like a impartial, yeah, mm, yeah, like a judge. That's yeah. So yeah. I mean, and there are other word pictures, I guess you could say, to describe who God is. Yeah. But it's amazing in the scriptures how often he's referred to as like a, a father or a loving father. Um, and, and so understanding that, I think, is really important mm-hmm. because uh, it, it, helps, it helps us uh, understand maybe, first of all, how we as fathers can always, who, who do we look to, right. you know, to, to uh, emulate. Right. Like we don't just emulate our, our fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to emulate the good parts of our fathers, but not the bad parts, because <laughs> everyone's, you know, right. got their problems. Yeah. Um, and so we look to God yeah. and how He's a father, mm-hmm. and uh, how He disciplines right. those He loves. Right. 
um, as I think it talks about in Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so how, you know, there's these different aspects that I think it's really good for us to analyze God as our Father, as a loving Father. It's mm-hmm. not the natural, it's not what we would naturally think. Mm-hmm. I like to oftentimes compare that to um, Jesus as King because mm-hmm. the way he's a King is like completely opposite of what we would naturally think of right. and right. I think it's the same way a lot of times with God as our father yep. uh, it's the opposite of what we would naturally think of right. God being and um, and I yeah so I just want to like I, I think it's good to explore that and at least think about that in that in those terms sure because um, I know some people don't have fathers and some people have had abusive fathers mm-hmm. and things like that so um, how do you, you know, and, and then there's this transference mm-hmm. a lot of times where people will put on God the way, you know, they say, okay, so God is my father, right. then well, this is how my father treated me, so this is how I view God. Right. Um, right. And that's, you have to learn how to break, break that, sure. you know, that transference. Yeah. that takes place i think that overall god is your your perfect father is is great and like you said radical um to the understanding of god especially at that time and and still to us today uh but yeah remember he's the perfect father um and not necessarily just the parts of your uh, like yeah he's not the uh the bad parts of your father or whatever you <laughs> say but he's also not we have to be careful not to just say well he's not He's also not the parts of my father I don't like because, like, no one likes discipline. Like, right. no one likes being disciplined, but God disciplines those he loves. Like, he uses that analogy to help us mm-hmm. understand that. And, um, yeah, I just think the, the main aspect of God as your father, like, and how he's intimately um, concerned for your life, he's intimately mm-hmm. uh, cares for you, he wants the best for you, he's... Um, he, Jesus came as a servant, which is a just blows our mind. Like mm-hmm. we should be completely serving God as slaves, <laughs> and He came as a servant. And just how much, yeah, just God loves you in that way and wants the best for you. Um, that aspect of right. the Father and disciplines you because He loves you. Everything He does is because He loves you and wants the best for you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it changes the way you view kind of some of the injunctions of scripture in the sense of what scripture commands um it kind of changes that aspect to uh helping you see long range more again Mm -hmm. taking a step back and saying okay can i have a fuller picture of what god really wants for me versus um oh god why am i going through this or oh god why am i uh why you know uh you don't want me to have any fun you know well right. that's not true <laughs> right you know yeah. uh, but we have to view God as uh, as a loving father that he does want what's best for you mm-hmm. um, and that he's teaching you the you know in life so I think that's a, a good a good thing to, to think about and I think it's good to think about that in relation to each other then too um, I often think about it can be really easy for us to treat others, other Christians, <laughs> um, 
in different ways other than brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. uh, but we really have, we have a Heavenly Father and our Christians, our Christian brothers and sisters are brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're on equal playing field, you could say. Mm -hmm. um, and do we, do we uh, treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ with a loving Father? Mm -hmm. uh, or are we treating each other as less than that or, right. uh, or more than that, you know? Uh, having, I think that's a something that I've been, I've thought about a lot too, um, how we relate to each other uh, as siblings, mm -hmm. and with a heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes maybe that's reminding each other, saying, "Hey, mm -hmm. Daddy, you know, remember he disciplined me for this. Uh, he might discipline you too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. keep you out of trouble here." <laughs> Yeah, um, and, and so you know, just yeah. having some of those right. kinds of mindsets can help, I think, in life and in our spiritual walk right. with God. And just in thinking too, I think sometimes, at least, maybe not all the time, but at least sometimes we can think of those who aren't Christians, who aren't followers of Jesus, as our brothers and sisters too. And I say, as the prodigal son, but like don't treat them as like oh you're like, right. Well, but it's like treat them as a brother or sister that's just um, you know had a falling out with dad or whatever or something. It's like just yeah. longing for them to come home, um, not like the older brother that's jealous when they come home. But right. looking after them of of uh, view them as siblings too that just um, yeah maybe haven't found dad yet or or. Uh, yeah, wandering. I guess. Yeah. No, have that, or at least potential. Like yeah, potential at least brothers, potential and, brothers sisters. and sisters. Like so that we don't treat them as less than. Kind of so exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just like that desiring, and when we see God as that loving Father wanting the best for us, and knowing they don't know that or don't see mm -hmm. that or don't have that, just desiring that for yeah. them as well. Yeah. I love this one. Uh, so with the uh, the youth group a few years ago, we went down to. Um, Honduras for missions uh, with Vita 220 and uh, Dylan down there is the I don't know what he calls himself head president whatever of the organization and uh, he taught a session just on um, how God views you and he uh, he said you know talked about that sometimes you view him as a judge or whatever mm -hmm. impartial yeah and he's like no he's more like a, a father and so he had somebody come up and he stands on a chair and he's like uh, you know, whenever that guy, whenever he wakes up, like, look, he's awake and just like celebrating with everything, <laughs> dude, celebrating the successes and like um, just mourning the, the losses with mm -hmm. him, things like that. Because I think we don't really think of God as celebrating successes with us often. We're just like, well, if we did something good by the book, you know, by the Bible, uh, that was something good for him. He's like, you know, I'm right. pleased with that. You did something for me. But he celebrates successes with you too. Like he's mm. more like a father. He's he celebrates those. Like, yeah, he doesn't care about sports, but he cares about you. So like, hey, good job right. doing your best in that. Um, right. You know, scoring a soccer goal, whatever it is. Uh, I think he cares about you. Doesn't care about the outcome mm. of the sports, but he he's uh, um, there with you in that. And I think that's it just helps with our walking with Jesus of thinking about him, not just being there when we mess up, but celebrating those good things with us too so right. we walk with him in everything and not just when we desperately need him you know yeah um, yeah yeah. But. yeah and and the thing about like 
a loving father is like he's always there. Yeah. He's always ready to take you back if you're wandering away. Right. You know? Um and and he's there. He's waiting, you know, and he yeah. he's looking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about the prodigal son story that Jesus taught. It's just so powerful. Um the father who runs, you know, to the mm-hmm. to the one who is starting to come back home mm-hmm. and um and just how powerful that is yeah. that um the the son who who uh basically said hey you're as good as dead to me yeah you know that he runs towards him uh mm-hmm. and is just so excited that he's alive mm-hmm. and um and so yeah i think who are we um how do we view ourselves in those situations yeah. um are we like the older brother that is jealous and you know and god's like you are you you have everything like and you don't even utilize everything you have like <laughs> in some ways you know it's like uh it's always available to you yeah. but this person this son has come back yeah. uh he was dead you know and it's like that's that's uh i think that's yeah having viewing god as our father uh i think can affect us in so many positive ways yeah um and uh so yeah i hope that um that's encouraging to anyone listening and yeah uh just wanted to do a quick fatherly episode so you can see where i guess we talked about discipline yeah teaching it's a big thing yeah um and then God is our Father, learning from our fathers, mm-hmm. those types of things, uh, looking looking back on your life. So, so yeah, hopefully that uh, can help out for sure. whoever's listening. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure this would be a good laugh for some of you older fathers. You're like, man, they have so much to learn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're welcome for that too. You get a <laughs> chuckle out of that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's pretty. Dear. Father in heaven, we just thank you um, just for how amazing it is we get to call you Father in heaven and that you are our Father who loves us and who cares about us and you're always there. Uh, you don't miss any part of our life. You're right there and help us to acknowledge that, to know you're there, uh, to live like you're there and like you care. And um, yeah, Lord, just just let us live in that, that love and that truth and desire that for those who don't know you who are walking with you who are running from you uh, whether they know it or not and I just pray that you will call them back continue to be pursuing them and that you will use us in whatever way you would to um, call back those those brothers and sisters who don't know you and so Lord we love you and thank you and pray that you'll be with your people this week and help us to just walk with you as our father in Jesus name we pray amen amen thanks for listening <laughs>